Welcome to my second live podcast with another wonderful guest. And this is Health from Mars. It's out of this world. And I want to thank you for joining in in the fun. This is a What the Health podcast that talks about issues of our time. And I am absolutely delighted and super excited to have my lovely guest um, today, who was actually a classmate of mine. She's the youngest graduate from the National College of Naturopathic Medicine when we graduated in 1983. She was my classmate, one of the top students in the class. I was just barely hanging on to whatever I could. So uh, I never cheated off of her exam, though. I can tell you that. I just kept to myself. So um, Dr. Amy Haynes is our our lovely guest today. And she and I share share a very similar uh, evolution in our lives because we both moved to Montana. Uh, Dr. Haynes moved first, I believe in 1983, about, and I came in 1984. So we each took over our own city. Mm -hmm. Dr. Haynes was Missoula, and I was the lowly Great Falls, Montana, uh, the one of the largest missile silos in the world. I don't know why I was doing over there, but uh, it was a great experience and whatnot. And so today's podcast is going to be all about fasting and about the health benefits of fasting and why everyone can do fasting. And so Dr. Haynes uh, has been talking to me for years about going to True North. True North is one of the premier fasting clinics They're very, very strict there. They do water fasting. And now they're doing more some juice fasting and some other uh, types of dietary regimes. But their specialty is water fasting. And Dr. Haynes uh, finally made the trip over there. And she just got back. She's fresh 23 days on a water fast, which really freaks people out and it's something that you know i tell people you can juice fast and you can you know do broth fasting water fasting is a little trickier and you got to be a little bit more careful about your electrolytes and where you are and your medications so dr haynes would love for you to share your experience that you had at true noir Okay, thanks, Russell. Um, so uh, I've wanted to go to True North for years, decades, really. I'd heard about it a long time ago, and I had always put it on my bucket list. And it came up. Suddenly, I was able to go. And you know, as you know, I have a busy practice, and I'm working a lot. Um, I have a, a large population of, of patients. And so to actually find that kind of time um, was really pretty important. Um, so I, I, uh, called them up. They're lovely, lovely people. Um, and I was also, believe it or not, you know, 40 years as a naturopathic physician, I was starting to move into pre-diabetic, pre-diabetes. Um, I was starting to develop some cardiovascular issues and some lab results that I really didn't like to see. Um, and I knew that metabolically I needed to make some adjustments. And this was one of the major things to just shift, um, 
your metabolism. And also, you'd been talking to me for years and years and years about veganism, and I really did not want to do it. It was <laughs> I was so, so stubborn, and I just love the smell of bacon, and I really like hamburgers. It was like, ah, kicking married a carnivore. Screaming. Kicking and screaming, dragging my heels. My, I gave birth to a carnivore. I married a carnivore, and I just didn't think that I could do it. Um, but it became very natural that, you know, I arrived in there... They uh, they take very good care of you when you're on a water fast. So you know your your vital signs are monitored twice a day. The doctor comes to see you once a day. They monitor your weight. They monitor your labs, um, and it was it was truly an amazing experience. Um, I did 20 days on a water fast and four days on a juice fast, and then they call it a refeeding schedule. You do half the time that you're on the water fast, you refeed for that amount of time. So I was on 20 days of water and 10 days of refeeding with about three or four days of juice in between. And two, and I think two days of broth. So. And I came and joined you, you at the very end of your I fast. Know you and I did, did like a day and yeah, a half you fast. Sort of, you know, that was the party. Okay. I wanted you to eat the food because I wanted to see it looked good. I mean yeah. they have they have a salad for you. They have a, a salad bar for you twenty four seven. So anytime yeah. you want a salad, you can have it. You know, you can do that. Um if you want to do that. Um and then they have cooking classes every single day, which you may think is sort of torturous for a person who's on a water fast, but it turned out not to be that way at all. It was uh, entertaining and fun, and once uh, once they were ready to uh, serve the food that they prepared, it was a demonstration. Um, all of the water fasters just exited. Just that we just got the heck out, and mm. all the people that were refeeding, they got to eat whatever we made. So, I mean, that point that you you made at the beginning, I think, is is critical. <clears throat> like. You know, we're all really busy. We got a million things we're doing, yeah. and doing a fast is like, oh my God, how can I do this? Fit this into my schedule? I have to work. I've got to be on task. I can't be spacing out. And you know, I've done over a hundred fasts from three days to three weeks. Never have done that long a water fast that you um, did. Yeah. So I'm sh extremely proud about Thank what you. you accomplished and yes you know my my message about becoming fully plant-based vegan you know people are kind of tired of hearing me talk about it but uh, a little plug in february of 2024 i'm going to be debating a carnivore on what the ideal diet is and in my little pre-presentation i said uh, i want everyone to come to this conference because I am going to eat a carnivore for dinner. And I was like, God, oh, just <laughs> kidding. But figuratively, I am going to eat him alive because if you look at all of the evidence and you do all of the research, Walter Willett, one of the most famous nutrition professors in the world from Harvard, said the statement, the optimal amount of any type of meat to eat, red meat or white meat, is zero. I was like, okay, that's Walter Willett. Um, but many other people have come out in favor of you know fully plant-based diet. And it's just clear from cancer, from diabetes, heart disease, you know, pretty much every chronic degenerative disease that we see, 
if you do a foods, uh, whole food plant-based diet, you're going to get better. It's going to be more effective. And the reason I love fasting is because it's automatically vegan. So, so it's actually a little trick I play on my patients that I'm trying to, you know, cajole them to being more vegan-like. And so when they're on my fast, they're vegans, and they don't even know it. They're not even <laughs> thinking about it. They're, not, they're so, thinking about how much they're So here's they're the thing, Russell. Yes, what? Yeah. <laughs> You've tried to convince me for years. Yeah. And it was not successful. Wasn't working. No, was not working. Didn't and work. I and I really, you know, I would sort of give it lip service. I'd say, yeah, 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 yeah. I read the books, and yeah. you'd give me these movies, and I'd watch the movies. It just wasn't working. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to do it. And I really, literally went to the. Once you make up your mind, I'm going to do this. You just, you just eliminate every single distraction. You go, I'm going to go do this fast because I know it's the best thing for me, and it's the quickest way to do it. You know, you can piddle around and, you know, do it a little bit here and a little bit there. And if you don't really fully commit, you're not really going to go forward with it. So I just fully committed and I just put the blinders on, shut my ears, and I'm going out. And it really, the universe just conspires with you to get you to the place you need to be. When you know you need to be there, it just conspires with you to get you there. So I didn't even think about the veganism because really I thought this is dreadful. You know, they're all B12 deficient and they all look anemic and they all look blah, 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 blah. So um, when I went, you know, uh, the, an interesting thing occurred in that the, you know, everybody is all in the same boat. We're all fasting. We're all doing a water fast. Some people are refeeding, but most people are on a water fast. And so the, the, the whole thing starts to turn into a village. There's about, oh, I don't know, 50 to 60 people that, that, that are, I call them inmates or patients, <laughs> but we're all, we're all doing the same thing. And so there's this supportive mission that we all have together. And we really turned into a village. People were very kind. It didn't matter what political views you had or what color you were or how, how heavy you were or what was going on for you. Eventually, we all knew what everybody else was, was happening for, for each person. And it was incredibly, incredibly supportive. And you could have the mission, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 20 days. But maybe you got to 18, but that was good enough. Um, you know, most people got to accomplish that. Some people fasted for 40. Some people fasted for three. Um, some people just wanted a reset in their metabolism. Some, a lot of repeaters. There was a lot of people that came, came back because they felt so good. And after you finish fasting, you go home and suddenly, athletically, you're in much better shape. Um, you've lost whatever pounds. I think I lost two pounds a day for the first nine days. So, um, and then continued to lose more weight after that. And that was pretty fun. Kept it off. Um, and that was pretty fun. Although it's not considered a, a weight loss program, it's the secondary effect of what you're trying to do when you go into that amount of ketosis for that length of time. And the deeper, the longer you fast, the deeper that ketosis becomes as far as breaking down abdominal fat and extra fat, malignant fat, all of that, breaking all of that down. So it was it was a it was sort of exciting in that I've never really spent that much time in parasympathetic, you know, and I think that that was part of it too, is that there was literally nothing to do except <laughs> sip on water. 
And we had backgammon over here, and we had puzzles over here, and people were trying to read, and then everybody was napping. And, you know, they didn't really want you to move around very much because they didn't want you to um, lose electrolytes. So it was very interesting um, that, that, that literally there was nothing to do except rest. So for pretty much 28, 30 days, I rested. Well, we did... A few little walks. Well, in when there. when you came, you know, I was on yeah. like day eighteen or nineteen or yeah, something like that, that's right. and you immediately slapped a free Libra on my arm, <laughs> which measures blood glucose, and I learned a lot. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, amazing tool, a little device, because I learned that uh, you know I was having a lot of problems for well for the last twenty years. I'm waking up between two and four in the morning every single night, can't get back to sleep. Yeah. So I checked my free Libra. My blood glucose was just dropping down to fifty. Yeah. Remember. I said that my blood uh, glucose would, and yeah. I had no idea that every time I ate fruit, my blood glucose would shoot up to 180. Yeah, yeah. right. So yeah. it was it was an amazing. And then you brought that little ketone meter, yeah. and I'm exhaling ketones <laughs> the whole time. And anyway, it was an amazing experience, Russell. I'm really glad yeah. to do it, and I'm and I'm really thankful that you gave me so much support. Yeah, well, I was happy to do that. Finally converted her into the vegan world. Well, that was the thing, so, Russell. Yeah. You know, you it was I was not convinced. Yeah. And then when I did this, and you know, the only cooking classes they're having is not only vegan, but it's uber vegan. Yeah. It's like right. non S O S, which means yeah, no salt, no oil, no sugar. So no salt, no salt, no yeah. oil, no sugar. Yeah. So uh but after, you know, five days a week of cooking classes and, you know, they, they set you up so nicely so that you slide right into yeah. how you need to cook. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the, uh, the first week that I got back into the normal world, all of you chewing people, yeah. um, I, I hosted a big uh, potluck with all my friends, yeah. and I sent them recipes, vegan, non-SOS <laughs> recipes, and I said, please come and celebrate and that I'm this, back. Make these dishes. And make this for me. Yeah. Feed me. I wanted to teach my friends how to feed me wow. because most of my friends are like chefs and right, cooks right. and amazing people. Nice. And uh, they, they came with these beautiful dishes, and everyone called me back. Everyone texted or called and said... I had no idea that vegan food could be so good without using any salt. Nobody used any salt. Yeah. So I just, uh, for the guests that are watching, a free Libre system is a special, uh, it's a little patch with a little needle on it, and you can just plop it right into your arm, and you have a download onto your phone, and then you can check your blood glucose instantaneously at any time of the night or day, eat some food, check your glucose. Eat some more food, check your glucose. And it gives you, as a scientist, I like to see the numbers. Like my glucose got down to 39. I went last year to uh, the oldest fasting clinic in the world, which is Buchinga in Germany. And I wanted to experience what they do as compared to True North, because I had been there before. And Buchinger is more of a naturopathic spa, but and they fast everyone on broth. But really, it's like water. I mean, it's about 114 calories a day, so it ain't much. 
and they encourage you to exercise, which is opposite of true north. They don't want you to lose any electrolytes. They uh, they let you walk around the block, and there's this lovely old cemetery with old gnarly trees and old monuments that I love to walk through, which they sort of told me not to go to anymore because, <laughs> you know, after this amount of water, you, you have to really watch where you put your feet. Yeah. You know, you have to really watch. And they are they they don't like you sweating. Um, they don't like you losing your electrolytes because you're still peeing out electrolytes. Yeah. And so I found myself <laughs> right around day 15, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm licking my hands like this. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I did started you find a licking. salt block somewhere? Yeah, I did. It was yeah. my, <laughs> I started hands. licking my hands. And you're like, oh, it's really Trying good. to recirculate the yeah. salt. Yeah. Well, it's funny in, in true, true North, you know, they're very strict, you know, they don't, they want you to just do water. At Buhinger, they actually give you right. an electrolyte powder to do. Oh. And they also are big into colonics and enemas, and they do liver packs on your abdomen in the middle of the daytime. Never they got that. encourage you to go on hikes in the morning at 6 a.m. They do anywhere from 8 to 10 kilometers. Wow. But there's an A, B, and a C group. You know, the C group, you know, they lollygag around, and the A group is the macho. That's my group. And so I just want to say I've done day six of a water fast. I did a triathlon, which I don't recommend for anyone to do, but I was just experimenting on myself. I was a little worried about cramping up in the water because it was an open mm -hmm. water swim here in Portland. And I survived and came out of the water just fine and did the bike and the run. And it was like, oh, this is uh, pretty good. You know, it's like you don't realize that you have more energy than you realize. Yeah. Now, in a water fast, it's going to be different, especially if you're on a longer term, yeah. you know, two weeks, three weeks. So I think it's a good thing to be cautious about. You know, and, and also they check your electrolytes. And if you are getting really dizzy or tired or fatigued, they will... They'll have one of the chefs run up with a mug of broth for you, and they'll put you on a broth schedule. Yeah. So they're pretty quick to do that if if you feel like you're starting to lose it. They did that a couple of times for me. Yeah, there was the one guy that was there. He was having like really severe heartburn. Oh, yeah. He was going to break his fast. Yeah. And they brought him a little bit of broth, a little bit of herbal. Late at night, too. They brought yeah. it up at 10, and they yeah. think they brought another one at midnight and and he did much better yeah yeah because i was going to do some acupuncture that's right. on him that's and right. we said okay let's see how this you know mm -hmm. this herbal decoction does mm -hmm. and it worked great and he was very pleased after yeah. that yeah yeah it was good so i wanted to mention that one of the movies that i recommend a lot that i uh tried to get dr haynes to watch but i can't believe she hasn't watched it it's called what the health and I'm in the credits at the end. You didn't send me the movie, Russell. I'm pretty sure he sent you the I movie. I just sent me the movie. Pretty sure he sent you that list, but you ain't leaving here without that list. But in that movie, there was a woman who was you know, relatively young. I would say she's in her 30s, and she was really ill. She was on 18 different medications, and she was on. She had asthma. She had. She was on oxygen. She was on antidepressants. Muscle relax. I mean, she had a whole mm -hmm. kit and caboodle. And at the end of her stay, she was able to get off all of her medications, which is, I mean, you talked about doing the reboot or, you know, there's nothing 
that's more transformational than doing a fast. And the hardest part of the fast, I think, is when you come off the fast and you go back into the real world. Yeah. Now, during the fast, I've gone out to eat with good friends at fancy restaurants, and I just... I sniff the food and you realize a lot of eating is just smelling. And, you know, it's so great that you could smell five or six different dishes and you're not getting any calories. It's like free. You know, and things taste too salty now. Yeah. And things taste right. too sweet. And it's, that never, ha- I mean, yeah. I love chocolate. And yeah. I, that never happened in the past. But, you know, Russell, that was a common occurrence. What I saw, most people were on lots and lots of medications. And hypertension was a big one. And, you know, all kinds of stuff. There was a lot of diabetics there. Yeah. There was a lot of cardiovascular disease. A lot of GI complaints. Um, cancer, yeah, you know, and they're doing studies over there. I think uh, the Mayo Clinic is doing a study in conjunction, and uh, uh, I think um, Johns Hopkins, I think, is doing a study. Um, and there, there's there are lots of studies. That's one of the reasons why they're so pure about it is because they want their data to be very clean right. and very clear that this is something that people need to do. And I and I really feel strongly now that really doing a like a seven to ten day fast once a year I think is a minimum thing that everybody needs to do because of the environment that we live in and the the chemistries that we're exposed to and the food that we're exposed to and that you you can't help but eat it. Um, and like Russell was saying about restaurants and um, trying to eat well while you're going out to eat, you know, and just rebooting your whole metabolism, I think that, that it would really keep you clear of all of the chronic diseases that we're faced with. There's a great book called The Longevity Diet. I was looking over here for some reason. It's all here. It's the Longevity Diet. So I went to a conference that Dr. Walter Longo put on uh 1918 excuse me 2018 that would have been a long time ago and it at the conference it was a conference on calorie restriction fasting and longevity and he presented some amazing data and research showing that your telomeres get longer each time you fast so he recommends anywhere from one to you know six or eight fasts a year depending upon your health but at a minimum if you're healthy one or two fasts a year in germany the population normally they do a fast once a year about 25 percent of their population so it's ingrained into their psyche whereas americans it's ingrained in their psyche to eat as many times as possible if you've read you know the omnivore's dilemma you know, Michael Pollan talks about like how McDonald's was trying to figure out how we could get people to eat more than they already eat. And they came up with supersize me. Right. And it was just for 25 cents more, you can go from a large to a super grand size me. And, you know, and everyone wants to save money. So let's just get the big one. Mm-hmm. And they made that movie, Super Size Me, where Tragedy. The, uh, the guy eats a McDonald's meal three times a day. When they ask him if he wants to be supersized, then he says yes. If they don't ask him, then he just gets the regular. In three weeks, 
He developed fatty liver infiltration, NASH, non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, which his cardiologist was shocked to find that it happened so quickly. Well, one of his one of his doctors quit because they didn't want to see him die. They thought he was headed for death, right? Yeah. And it took him over well over a year to yeah. get his lab tests back to normal, to yeah. healthy. He, he yeah. it took him a long time to to recover from that. Yeah. And then here's the thing about you know water fasting. I think you know, Russ, Russell, you and I have have been studying fasting for for over forty years. You know, we we did a lot of fasting in school, actually, to see what would happen. Water fasting is a, sort of a different breed than juice fasting um, in that I do think that it really needs some monitoring. You know, you and I are physicians, but people out there in the world trying to do this, I really wouldn't recommend more than a two-day, maybe three-day water fast on your own. I, I, I don't even know if I'd recommend that. I know that I was getting dizzy and weak after three days on water, and then I started to regroup, and I started to feel a whole lot better within the first five days. But I don't know that I would recommend any of my patients do a water fast on their own for any length of time. I think that it's important to have support. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I, you know, most of the fasts that I do with patients basically are juice fasts, but they're very dilute fasts. Yeah. And the more experienced someone is, the more dilute I make the juice. And then with Buhinger, they have a broth, and like you said, you know, everyone, you know, is in community. They're all doing the same things, which is nothing, which is very comforting. And at Buhinger, you would get your your little bowl of, of broth, and you would go and sit at your table, and then you would sip your bread, and there were all these people around you and overlooking Lake Constance, and it was like, it was very comforting, you know. It was like, oh, that's what people need. They need to be comforted. Uh, when they're fasting and they're suffering so much. But as you get more and more experienced with it, you can do more and more things with your fast. You know, I think that you, you, you said this word that I think is really an important word, and it's called sipping. Yeah. Sipping is really great. So when you're on a water fast and you're hungry, because you do get hungry, your mouth gets hungry. Your mouth remembers, oh, my gosh, it remembers hot dogs and potato chips, and it remembers things. And, but your body really isn't all that hungry. So if you sip on this water, suddenly you're not hungry anymore. Right. And sipping, I think, is really something that we've lost. We gulp. Yeah. And we, you know, especially you see people walking in with these huge oh, hydration God. things. They're, they're not recycling water very well at all. And, yeah. and actually, they're depleting their electrolytes a lot when they drink so much water. Not that water's a bad thing. I think that water's a really good thing. But I think it needs to be sipped instead of gulped. Yeah. You know? That's a, a, a very important, and you know, it's like, and they tell you if you're if you feel like you're hungry, which you're not hungry, you have an appetite. Yes, okay. There's I, a difference yep, between those there really two. Is. Hunger is a medical term indicating that you are starving, and you know, seventy percent of the U.S. population is overweight or obese, so we ain't exactly starving, and we ain't exactly hungry. We just have an appetite. And The Pleasure Trap was a book that was written by Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer and basically discussing the fact, I know that you weren't 100% into the, what they were saying in the book, but one of the points that was made is that you can eat more food if you salt it. I thought that was a great example that Goldhammer gave where if you have a bowl of rice and you eat it, 
and then you have a bowl of rice and you put a little salt on it, you could eat more of that rice. Yes. So that's true. And so many people just do have these addictions, salt, sugar, and oil and stuff. Yeah. And it just makes them eat more. So I've been advocating two meals a day for a very long time. And, you know, just because it gives your body, now they call that intermittent fasting, right. which is better known as time-restricted feeding, where you give your body a chance to not eat for an extended period of time, 16 hours or 14 hours. And so I think when you practice that, you get better and better at it. And you're like, oh, you know, like some days, like, and I don't recommend this, I, I skip breakfast and lunch. But, you know, and then I find like, oh, I'm used to this sensation. I could go for another five days if I wanted to. So I normally do three fasts a year. My big one's in June when the hay fever hits, hay fever season hits. And then I do one coming up in September here. So I do March, June, and September. And, you know, your numbers on your labs get phenomenally better mm -hmm. especially your insulin and so there's a a great video that i recommend podcast or lecture uh dr Jamnatis, and it's the first one on my list of fasting videos to watch and he he's very inspiring and he talks about how insulin is is really one of the biggest you know problematic substances in the body because we overproduce it because of our food consumption yeah. and the types of food that we eat as well. Mm -hmm. So, But in the movie What the Health, they talk about the real reason that people get insulin insensitivity is because of fats, not because of sugar. So the fat is what will clog up the insulin receptors and cause your hemoglobin A1C to go elevated. So, you know, I think that's an important point because there have been practitioners, um, Dr. Kempner in South Carolina, I think he was, who put diabetics on a sugar, white rice, and fruit diet, and they got better. So it's like how much sugar and how much fruit and how much in the way of white rice can you eat? I don't think he salted the rice either. But you can only eat so much. And, you know, people, like, worry when they do a juice fast, their blood sugar is going to go up. It doesn't. Their blood sugar comes down, even with a sweet apple juice mixture. So, you know, keep that in mind. And I tell people, don't you worry about your blood sugar. It's only going to get better. You know, um, one of the other things about intermittent fasting, I know it's really popular right now. I think it's a really good plan. A lot of... A lot of hermits, monks, spiritual people practice the same thing. And I think that they do that because they get, there's a lot of reasons why spiritual people like to eat very lightly. Um, and all of them are good reasons why. And I think that, you know, when you, when you completely rest your gastrointestinal tract, you're, you're not thinking, you're not, you're not shopping for food or preparing food or eating food or cleaning up after food or trying to digest food or trying to eliminate food. When you when you stop doing all that, your energy can go to something else. Um, and then you can choose what do you want that energy to go to. But in the meantime, you 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 have it. And it's one of the reasons why, 
you know, I know in the Christian faith, they do a series of Lenten fasting seasons where they fast, you know, it's all over every spiritual practice has fasting in it. And there's a really good reason for that. Um, and I think, I think that that that's as good a reason as any to go into a, a water fast or you know, I would I would prefer a water fast. Actually, when they put they put me on juice, they put me on juice for like two or three days. I thought it was horrible. It was the worst part really? of the whole fast. Yeah, I hated that part. Wow, I didn't like that part at all. The broth well, was good. What did you like about it? Well, first of all, the first day it was like this tastes awful, and it was remember it was the first thing in my mouth that you was know, it not good juice. I think it was really good juice, right. but I had to refrigerate it to numb out my taste buds because okay. I really thought it was awful. Was it sweet? No, it wasn't that sweet. It was it was it was a green thing, you oh, know, it was a green celery drink. Okay, and gotcha, yeah, cucumbers gotcha. and zucchini. Gotcha. But I, I didn't like the the, the vegetable juice at all, okay. and I I I just as soon just go straight into water than do yeah. a juice fast again. Okay. Yeah. Well, it depends. What kind of there's all kinds and of different. The juices. other thing, you know, when I was yeah. fasting on uh, fruit juice, yeah, I don't know what my blood sugars were doing at that point when we were fasting on fruit juice. We right. did a lot of that in school. Yeah. Um and um. I just remember I was rocking and rolling with my hypoglycemia. I was okay. up and down, and I was I was depressed, and I was okay. It was like it was really a rough rough thing to control okay, for so me. You had definitely the water fasting was much easier for yeah. me to control. Okay, yeah. So maybe better if you did the if you did a broth fast. That would be better for me. Yeah, and the broth actually tasted good. Another interesting thing about this was that. Um, when I first started the water fasting, you know, the first couple of days, it we, we were fasting on distilled water. Yeah. And it tasted awful, that bitterness of distilled water. And then as all of that moved out of my system, by day four, the water started tasting really sweet. Mm, and I was convinced it was different water. No, that's really but fascinating. But it was it was sweet the entire time. Wow. Okay. It was that's... like delicious water. I was yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Did you drink the water cold? I did no. I never drank the water. So it was cold. just room temperature. Water. Yeah, just room temperature. And by that time, you know, after three or four days, your intestines completely shut down. Yeah. Stomach shuts down. Everything just shuts down, and um, you're basically burning the fuels that you stored. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that. I know that Dr. Haynes has to go. She has to uh, pick someone up at the airport. So um, I'm going to let her go at this point because I don't want her to be late. And I'm going to continue with this podcast and talk in more detail about the actual biochemistry and physiology of fasting. And so stay tuned. Don't go away. This is Health from Mars. It's out of this world. Okay, welcome back to Health Talk from Mars. It's out of this world. And I just wanted to thank Dr. Amy Haynes for joining in on our podcast. So I want to talk a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about fasting and some of the physiology and biochemistry of it, because that's an important thing to understand. So one of the things that we know is that all mammals on earth fast, and they don't fast because of health reasons. They fast because they can't get food or because they're ill. So those are the two things that cause them to fast. So all mammals in their evolutionary biology have in their genes all of the mechanisms to do really well on a fast. There's some great videos out there that discuss like what are some of the physiological properties that happen during a fast. 
And what we know is that it is truly an amazing phenomenon because you don't have to tell the body anything. The body knows what to do. So let's just uh, go through a little bit about the physiology of fasting, just some of the basics. So one of the things that I, I tell my patients and I give them a little paper before I fast them that I wrote on fasting is that you're going to save an incredible amount of time because you don't have to think about food. You don't have to shop for food. You don't have to put the food away. You don't have to cook the food. You don't have to clean up after you've cooked the food and put the food away. I mean, it is really, you don't have to wash the dishes. I mean, it's an amazing experience. And in some ways, it gets people a little bit into an uncomfortable feeling because it's like, well, what do I do? I'm supposed to eat now, but I'm not eating. And it is, it is really, it's kind of like during in medical school when you have finals week and then you get done with finals and you're so hyped up and amped up, you don't know what to do with yourself when the exams are over. And it's the same thing like eating. When you stop eating, you don't really know what to do with yourself. So you go to bed early because you're bored. And you realize a lot of the reason why we eat is because we're bored or we want to occupy ourselves. So let's go through a little bit of the physiology of fasting. So the first stage, and I tell my patients that the first two days really suck. Those are the hump days. And you got to get past those hump days. And the problem with the hump days is that many people have addictions to various foods or food items. And when they stop eating these foods, they go through withdrawal symptoms. So they can have headaches or body aches. They can feel anxious. They may not be able to sleep very well. They can't concentrate. So all that is part of the detoxification process that ha happens at the beginning of the fast. So in the first 12 hours of your fast, your body is like, well, where's the sugar? So it starts to break down carbohydrate stores. That would be glycogen that's found in your liver and in your muscles. So you break down approximately about half or three quarters of that glycogen from your muscles and your liver. And then the body's like, well, what do we do now? There's no more sugar coming into the body. And the brain is an obligate user of glucose. It needs a sugar source. So the next stage begins what we call autophagy. Autophagy is literally speaking the breaking down of your own tissue. So the body will break down. Usually it starts to break down intracellular protein matter. So that would be mitochondria or other organelles in the cells that the body feels like is kind of old or worn out. So you don't have to tell the body which cells are older and which cells are worn out. The body just does it. So I, li I love this analogy that I stole from Dr. Walter Longo. You're on a train. I live in Portland, Oregon, which is about a three-hour drive from Seattle, Washington. And you're on a train. It's an old train. And it runs on wood. And you put wood in the fire. And it burns. And it makes steam. And it makes the, the train go. So you get to Tacoma, which is, you know, maybe 
an hour outside of Seattle and you run out of wood. You're like, oh boy, what are we, how are we going to get there? You look around the train. It's an old train. The seats are wooden. And you're like, okay, let's take these old wooden chairs out and throw them in the fire. And you'll get to Seattle. When we get to Seattle, we make brand new chairs where the broken chairs were. So your train is essentially newer than it was when you left Portland. And I, I really think that's a great analogy because that's exactly what the body does. So the autophagy period begins somewhere around 18 hours to 24 hours. You start breaking down intracellular proteins that the body doesn't need or really finds extraneous. And then at the end of that period of time, uh, usually in about two days, your body starts to break down fats. So when your body starts breaking down fats, you start to produce ketones. So ketones and the brain, the brain actually will learn to live off the ketones. And it actually will prefer ketones over glucose at that stage. So at first, ketosis starts slowly, and then it gradually gets more and more. So you start breaking down intracellular fat, or especially visceral fat in the abdomen. And so this visceral fat has actually been linked to various pathological conditions, diabetes and heart disease and cancer. So good thing to get rid of that visceral fat. So now the body thinks, okay, I'm making all these ketones, I'm breaking down my fats. Pretty much most people can go at least 40 to 60 days fasting, no problem whatsoever. There was a great movie about the kids, I think it was called 13, uh, 13 Survivors, and it was in Thailand, and these young kids from age 7 to 17 got caught in a cave, and there was no food, and they didn't have water. So they actually fasted for 10 days. They all did really, really well. And it wasn't really emphasized in the movie, but I took note of that. It's like, wow, even these young kids did really well on the fast. And probably some of their health conditions got better while they were doing this water fast. So now the body, in its wisdom, starts to generate stem cells. So stem cells are cells that the body uses to make other tissue. So now, remember, you broke down all of those chairs, the old wooden chairs, and now you're making new chairs. Well, that's what the stem cells do. They make new cells. So if you need more pancreatic cells, it will make more pancreatic cells. If you need more liver cells, it'll start to make more liver cells. You don't have to tell the body what to do. The body knows. The body is intelligent. So one of the things that we have discovered in fasting is that when you fast, your telomeres get longer. Telomeres are genetic material that actually will show you how long you're going to live, assuming you don't get hit by a train or a bus or some unfortunate other event. And so your telomeres, you want them to be as long as possible because that's a sign of longevity. Now, Dr. Walter Longo, which I showed you his book previously, wrote a book called The Longevity Diet. The Longevity Diet is a book 
that I recommend to many people because it talks about the different kinds of fasts and it talks about the physiology and how often you should really fast. And what we know, what we know is that if you have a number of health conditions, you may need to fast multiple times during the year, maybe as much as six or eight times a year. If you're relatively healthy, one or two, one or two fasts per year is actually something that's great and will extend your lifespan. And I want to point out that fasting is also highly beneficial for the environment because you, you use less resources than you normally would. And, you know, I don't think it can be overstated that in a week fast, you save a lot of resources from the environment. And that is really a great thing. So at the beginning of COVID, back in March of 2020, I actually made a post in my Facebook describing that the best thing that we could possibly do to combat COVID was to fast. And sure enough, I mean, all of these studies came out to show that people that were obese, people that had pre-existing conditions, diabetes and heart disease and hypertension, people that were on medications actually did much worse with COVID. They were much more susceptible to getting COVID they were much more susceptible to spreading COVID and the length of time that they had and the severity of symptoms was worse than people that had other pre-existing conditions. So the best thing you could possibly have done was actually fast. That would boost your immune system. And this is an interesting point here. So Dr. Walter Longo has done a number of studies showing that people that do chemotherapeutic drugs for cancer. Actually, if they fast right before they do a session of chemotherapy, they actually are much more tolerant of the chemotherapy. They don't nearly get as nauseated and sick. And in addition to that, the chemotherapeutic drugs work more effectively because the cancer cells become much more vulnerable at that time. So one of the things that we know is that when you fast, your levels of insulin go way down and your digestive tract has a chance to rest for the first time in a long time. So you don't need any of the enzymes to break down foods. And that is really a benefit, especially if you have gastrointestinal problems. So fasting someone with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis or irritable bowel syndrome can be a wonderful way to reboot the hard drive, as it were. So rebooting the hard drive, just give things a rest and let the body heal itself. So in naturopathic medicine, we believe in the power of the body healing itself. We just need to get out of the way of the body so the body could do its magical thing. And so if you give the body, you know, five days, seven days, 10 days, or as Dr. Haynes did, three weeks of a fast, water fast, that has tremendous benefit on your biochemistry. Your insulin levels go way down. Your CRP, which is a protein that represents a certain amount of inflammation in the body, 
Uh, it's an indication of damage happening to your blood vessels. Fibrinogen, which is a clotting uh, substance in the blood, where if you have high levels, it means that you're either you might possibly have cancer or you're clotting too too vigorously. And we don't want clots. Clots, generally speaking, um, are a sign of, of, of pathology that's happening in your body. In addition, your blood glucose comes down, your hemoglobin A1C comes down, triglyceride, all, every, every known biochemical marker in the blood gets better when you fast. So we talked previously in podcasts about blue zones. Blue zones are areas in the world where people live a long time. So one of those blue zones is Okinawa. In Okinawa, they have a special saying that they say before each meal, and it's Hara Hachibu. Hara Hachibu is eat until you're 80% full. Here in the United States, we eat until we're 150% full. Like on Thanksgiving is a great example. We just stuff ourselves until we can't eat anymore, and then we eat some more, and we get really tired, and we fall asleep on the couch. So rather than that, uh, it's a great practice to eat until you're about 80% full. Fasting is something, generally speaking, in the United States, is not something that we actually do because there's always an excuse not to do it. In Germany, I mentioned before, about one quarter of their population routinely fasts once a year. So one of the things that I will recommend during my fast, if you're using a broth or if you're using juice, we usually have people do some bentonite clay. Bentonite clay is an adsorbent, and that means that it binds onto things in the gastrointestinal tracts. Not a bad idea to do a colonic or some type of enema um, before you fast. The things that I also recommend is taking some magnesium as a supplement. I use a product called Calm, which is a powdered magnesium, ideally unflavored. And this is something that will stimulate your bowel movements to happen. So when you do the bentonite clay, it is a very strong adsorbent compound, which will bind endotoxins in your gut. And then if you take the magnesium, that will remove those toxicants from out of your body. In addition, I will recommend doing some electrolyte powder. So a couple times a day, especially potassium. So some people during fasting, they can get problems with muscle cramping. They can get headaches and whatnot. Part of that could be due to low electrolytes. So I do recommend taking some potassium in addition to some other minerals as well. And so, you know, I do recommend that if you do undergo a fast, uh, really should be supervised your first fast, but it's perfectly safe, especially a juice fast. And it's something that I urge everyone to do on a regular basis because it's going to benefit your health more than anything else that you can do, as I mentioned, your immune system gets enhanced. You're more resistant to bacterial or viral infections. Everything improves during a fast. So why wouldn't you do it other than people want to eat? And so I get it. And I love to eat. Once you, you have done your fast, 
and you start your refeeding. Incidentally, the refeeding period of time is one of the most critical periods of time during your fast. So it's really, really important that you be supervised when you come off your fast because you don't want to go on a seafood diet where you see it and you eat it. That's going to cause problems. I had a a dear friend who did a 40-day water fast. He came off of his fast with a taco that his mom made him. And then it was so unbelievably delicious that he had another taco and he almost ended up in the emergency room, acute abdominal pain for a number of hours. So make sure you have a game plan when you come off of your fast and make sure you have everything written out clearly because I call it fasting brain. You can get a little spaced out when you're doing your fast and you know the more you practice, the better you are at handling your memory. You start writing things down and making sure you do things more methodically. So there's a number of wonderful books that I recommend. One is The Science and Fine Art of Fasting, Herbert Shelton, who has been an inspiration for many, many decades now. It's a good read. My dear friend and colleague, Dr. Stephen Bailey, wrote a book called The Fasting Diet, which I also recommend. It's a really nice read. It's a small book, has some great information. And then the latest book that I've read on fasting was Andreas Mikkelsen. He is a physician from the Buchinger uh, Fasting Clinic in Germany uh, and has done a bunch of research. And he wrote this fine book on fasting, just give you a little bit more tips. So I love for people to do a lot of reading and also watching some videos. So I have a list of videos that I recommend people to watch before they do their fast so they can get inspired and not feel like they're all alone. Fasting can be rather isolating because you tend not to hang out with people as much. But as I mentioned, I've done fasts where I go out to eat with someone at a fancy restaurant and I sit there and I smell other people's food. Uh, If I'm doing a juice fast, I might have a little bit of juice and it's great. And, you know, people, you realize that most of eating is really a social issue and it has very important social benefits, um, hanging out with people and all of the blue zones in the world. People tend to be very social. They have these groups of people they hang out with, family members, and they eat together. Again, I just want to, I just want to give a very strong plug for the use of fasting, for the treatment of many things. Now, we don't have time in this podcast to go through like, well, what do you do if you're on medications? So that's where you need to be supervised by someone who's experienced in fasting. So you do have to be really, really careful if you're on psychotropic medications or hypertensive medications because normally when you fast, your blood pressure is going to get lower. If you're taking a medication that lowers your blood pressure, your blood pressure could go too low. So you have to be very, very careful about them. In addition, if you're on blood sugar lowering medications like metformin, 
you need to be careful. Certainly insulin, you have to be super careful because your blood sugar can get really, really low and you don't want that. Interesting enough, your body during an extended fast will get used to having lower and lower blood sugar and you'll feel perfectly fine with that lower blood sugar. Your body acclimates to having that lower blood sugar. So in the United States, there's 130 million Americans with prediabetes or diabetes. So that is an astronomical number. And it's like, okay, so what should we do for these people? You should fast them. All of these people would benefit from fasting, would help with their fatty infiltration of their liver and many of their other lab indices. So I urge people, again, to read up as much as possible, to watch videos. There's a number of videos that the Buhinger Fasting Clinic in Germany has put out that are just really inspiring. Because you want to be inspired. And, you know, every time I get ready to fast, my third fast of the year is coming up here in September. You know, there is a little bit of trepidation. It's like, okay, when am I going to fit this fast in? But it's better to do shorter fasts. When I say shorter fasts, like a five-day fast is great. You can accomplish many, many things with a five-day fast. So schedule it in your schedule. And as Nike said, just do it. And you will be very happy and pleased. And I think you'll be surprised at how well you can do on a fast. So thanks for watching on this podcast. And this is medical or health talk from Mars. Join us next week for another episode of Health Talk from Mars. It's out of this world. And thanks for watching.